Welcome to the Kids These Days podcast, where we build bridges by sharing common experiences and listening to stories of people who are both alike and different. This podcast is recorded and produced in association with Grace United Methodist Church. We're sharing the stories of people from different religions, experiences, and beliefs. The opinions of our guests do not reflect the opinions of Grace United Methodist Church or the creators of this podcast. We understand that our listeners also bring the gift of different religions, experiences, and beliefs and want to make aware that some stories may be sensitive to your own experiences. Please listen with your own discretion. Episode 9, Star Wars, Part 1 of 2. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jake again, filling in for Angela, and I'm here with... Kim Charles. And we are interviewing Tim Dunaway. Tim, what do you want people to know about you? Um, hello. Um, <laughs> my name is Tim Dunaway. I, um, I am 37 years old, and uh, there's not been a time in my life where I wasn't a Star Wars fan. Okay. That I can remember. To clarify, we were talking about Star Wars. I didn't, I, I did not say that at the beginning. So now we know. So, um, also this is coming out in May. Will you still be 37 at that point? Uh, I, I'll actually be, well, depends. I, t- I turn 38 in May. Ooh. So. Okay. Uh, when's, I, do I you might, depends mind on when you're your, listening to this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe wish Tim a happy birthday regardless. Yeah, sure. It's around that time. So, so yeah, you kind of answered the opening thing there, but let's backtrack a little bit. And I want you to think about Garrison, your son. How old is he? Three? Three and a half. Three and a half. Yep. If Garrison were a Star Wars character, which one would he most closely resemble? Oh my gosh. Um, sometimes I feel like he's um, like a little Ewok. Yeah. <laughs> he's got um, that very like cute but fierce demeanor. Sure. At times. Um, he. Um, is very very talkative lately um and and just you know kind of a fun person to be around for a three and a half year old yeah yeah Yeah. i think that's fair i feel like that's a lot of younger kids i mean we dressed lucy as an ewok when she was six months that's true that was really cute you know yeah well (laughs) um she's now the age where she has an opinion on her halloween costume so yeah that's Uh, true yeah unfortunately can't do can't force her into star wars anymore (laughs) so uh you had mentioned that you can't think of a time where you weren't a star wars fan um do you remember at all how you're introduced to star wars or do you have an idea of how you're introduced yeah so um like so i was born on the same year that uh return of the jedi came out nice um so obviously i didn't see any of those movies originally in theaters yep um but i do remember that my dad had recorded all three of the movies at that time um there were only three on vhs off of hbo i think at some point at some point he might have like i don't know if he got like a or paid for hbo i don't i don't remember ever having hbo but i remember having these vhs cassette tapes 
of the HBO showing of Star Wars. <laughs> and they were just, you know, in our collection of VHS tapes um, that were, uh, you know, in, on, in the house. And it was, well, this is before streaming where, you know, the only movies you could watch were whatever movies you had bought yeah. or, or recorded off, off television. So um, we had, yeah, the VHS versions that were, I don't know, essentially pirated off HBO. <laughs> That's true. He was the early, early pirate days. I mean, I can even remember like um, the handwritten labels on the VHS tapes mm. in my dad's handwriting. Nice. Like I can see those very clearly. And I remember at one point asking my parents to watch a Star Wars movie. And um, my mom said, well, which one? And I told her, I have no idea how old I was. I just told her, I want the one with the lightsaber fight. <laughs> And which it's like, like okay well that's that's all of them <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so do you do you know if you still have those tapes i think they're still somewhere at my parents house that's awesome that's like family heirloom territory i know. i i, I, I kind of want to make sure that those are still around yep just ask your dad like just put them in the will man exactly like yeah. specifically to me yeah if I, I, i'm sure my brother won't mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so your dad was a Star Wars fan then. Yeah, my dad was definitely um, big into Star Wars. Like when it first came up, he I I don't know if he had to like stand in a line to go see it or um, or whatever it was. I remember him saying that um, uh, I have an older cousin who ruined the uh, uh, the. Uh, Luke's dad, Darth Vader, oh, at the end of Empire. At the end of Empire. Yeah. So my my dad hadn't seen it yet, but one of my older cousins had. He and, spoiled it and for him. He spoiled it for my dad. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that might be one of the worst spoilers. <laughs> so he had, he he yeah, of all time. Basically, like I I think you know pro- you know he was my oldest cousin was pretty young at the time, so he didn't know. But he came up to my dad after he'd seen the movie and was like, "Yeah, Vader is Luke's dad," and my dad was like. <laughs> Just he, I think that he's still a little bit mad about that. Sure. I mean, they like in the script. They oh didn't they gosh. edit everyone's script except for James Earl Jones's. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a uh, very closely guarded secret. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't think even uh, even Mark Hamill knew. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. And so I mean, I'm sure his reaction was somewhat genuine. Like if that was the shot where they where he was like it was revealed to him like the one they put in the movie you know anyway uh we we can go down the rabbit hole later but um (laughs) so uh star wars is kind of a family legacy i guess so then what would you say star wars means to you i mean it is like so many you know ways in which i relate to like people that i'm close to um like i remember uh maybe maybe even like an earlier memory than watching the movies was like my brother and I um with uh flashlights turning uh, turning the lights off in our bedroom and bouncing on the bed with flashlights making lightsaber noises mm. <laughs> at each other mm-hmm. like that's probably even an earlier memory than um uh the actual movies mm-hmm. so like kind of like you know, playing in that space or playing in that reality or um, wishing that I could take a speeder bike to school instead of my regular bike. Um, And just kind of like, you know, um, 
uh, talking about that with my dad, having, you know, kind of a, a, a thing that we both do together. I mean, we still like go see when a new Star Wars movie comes out. It's usually around, you know, December, mm-hmm. Christmas time. So so sometimes I'll, you know, even if I've already seen it, I'll, I'll make a point for, you know, my dad and I to go see Star Wars mm-hmm. um, together. So it's like kind of how we how I related to, you know, my brother and my dad and then also my friends when it, when, when like junior high to high school, like we kind of bonded over not just, you know, the movies, but the like collectible card game. Hmm. Yeah. Um, which I, I found my card collection, my, my Star Wars card Great. collection. That's the important. Other day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those were kind of, you know, just a, a, an avenue, I guess, of just like how we hung out and what we did. We would, you know, watch Star Wars, play the card game, read the novels. Um, Was there anything more prevalent in your life as like a bonding experience or I don't know, you know what I mean? Like was Star Wars like the thing that kind of like your social and whatever life revolved around? Um, I mean, it was it was kind of like you know there there were things that we would get into you know like you know certain video games or something like that. But my my dad wouldn't want to play you know mm-hmm. a lot you know video games for hours on end. But we would go see he would go see Star Wars. I, it was kind of like. It wasn't. It wasn't like the the one thing. It was probably the one thing that would kind of like connected me to a lots of different people. That makes sense. Um, you know, like it would would be something that my dad and my friends were interested in. Sure, it was universal. Yeah, and now yeah. it's like my dad, you know, m- me and my brother, and like his kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my nephews are really into it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my son is still a little a little bit young to to see any of the movies. They're probably too scary for him. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but um, yeah, cool. it's it's weird to have like to think of that as you know, say like the first Star Wars movie came out in 1977. Mm-hmm. So like to have have that still be relevant to like <laughs> what my 12 13 year old nephew is doing right now mm-hmm. like that's that's a kind of crazy yeah it is i mean here we are doing we're dedicating two episodes you know like the whole purpose of this podcast is to have different generations talk about the same topic and it was like obvious that star wars should be one because it is a cross-generational yeah for sure franchise you know? yeah so maybe more obvious for some <laughs> people than um, I mean, all I know is we're here doing it no one objected so <laughs> no it became obvious to me but at first I was laughing like oh another Jake idea he's so funny and then I thought oh it's a thing it's a real he it's a real idea well I appreciate your open-mindedness Kim yeah I try <laughs> it makes it work <laughs> so I've had to um, convince uh I remember one time I had to convince my english teacher in high school that star wars wasn't just like a movie for kids yeah <laughs> that there were like deeper themes right in hidden in it and you know maybe it's not like you know it is kind of a standard i don't know fairy tale kind of story yeah, sure when you actually like 
look at it and think about it. Um, but I, you know, there's a reason why those fairy tales seem to resonate with That's, so many yeah, people. So for sure. Yeah. Um, so one thing about star Wars, um, being such a cross generational, like long lasting thing is, you know, you experience it when you're a kid and you kind of, well, I mean, you just kind of lead it. It's not just a kid's thing. I mean, it wasn't made for kids necessarily to begin with, but like, as you grow and change your perspective on it and how you interpret it changes, you know? Um, and so like, I don't know if that's something you've thought about. Um, maybe just as you've grown and matured as a person, how your perspective and inter- interpretation of the stories have changed. And even I thought it was interesting. This is kind of a bunch of ones, so we can just kind of dive into it. But like, um, as someone who's grown up in the church world, as yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of things were probably villainized and demonized. And, and so I guess I'm wondering how star Wars didn't uh, get that. And maybe it did at first and maybe that changed. So just thinking about how has your perspective and interpretation of star Wars changed just as you've matured and also consider your religious upbringing too. Yeah. So I, well, I could say like my, you know, my dad has always been a Star Wars fan. Yeah. So anything that kind of like came out that was in the Star Wars, you know, <laughs> but anything churned out by the Star Wars marketing machine was, you know, kind of kind of got a pass, I guess. Grandfathered like we, in, maybe. We well, we it's like we know Star Wars. Um, you know, I, I think my my parents realized, like, you know, there was a there was a time when I was like asking to get. Um, like Magic the Gathering, oh yeah, cards, yeah, like that was a huge deal. Yep. Um, but those were kind of those are very like Dungeons and Dragons. Has the word magic in it? (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's called Magic. Right. Um, It's like the it's like the Dungeons and Dragons card game. Yeah. You know, and those were kind of getting popular when I was around junior high and high school. Um, and my parents were definitely not okay with that. Right. Right. Um, but a similar card game in which all of the characters are star Wars. (laughs) That was just fine. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, a familiarity type thing. Sure. We know, well, we know, you know, we know star Wars, like, and like the pic, all the pictures on, on the cards are literally stills from the movie. Right. So it's like, well, we know, you know, what this is and who it's by. And right. They have a familiarity with star Wars that they didn't. And they had only heard, you know, bad things about dungeons and dragons and it seemed to have like a i don't know demonic (laughs) kind of reputation among some people in the 80s yep and so they they still had you know their reservations about that sure um which i I mean ultimately i was fine with i i ended up liking star wars and right and playing the game and and wanting to kind of interact with those characters anyway sure um and every once in a while, something weird would happen. Like, um, there was a um, like Christian Center bowling alley that we would go okay. to. You know, like a, a a church had had run this community center. The uh, community okay. center had a bowling alley, and I remember <laughs> one <laughs> time, um, one of my one of my best friends from high school was wearing like a a Star Wars hat. Okay, you know, it said like "May the Force be with you." And some random girl at this Christian center was like, you know, there's not really a force. <laughs> like God is the only force there is. 
and we would like just like <laughs> roll our eyes so hard. It's like, yes, yes, we know. Like we know that like the force <laughs> isn't real. We're just like fans of the movie. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> so like, you know, there was just some kind of, you know, weirdness among some some people in some Christian circles that we, you know, didn't really listen to. Sure. sure. <laughs> and our parents were fine with it. So yeah. so it was okay. Yeah. Well, so then kind of the second part of that question is is thinking about in general how you grew and changed as a person and how you interpreted the stories and the different interactions maybe between the characters. Like how did that change over time? You know, as a kid, do you fully understand what's happening versus you I, Yeah, know? as a kid I didn't really you know, I was I was watching Star Wars before I could really understand it. You know, right. like I I didn't understand like oh like like there's a planet that blows up in the very first movie. Yep. Like I didn't understand like that was essentially genocide. Right. Right. Like happening. Right. Like it's not shown in in a graphic detail. Right. Of individual people, it's just the planet blows up. Right. Um, you know, for probably you know as a very young kid, I was just kind of in awe of the special effects and, you know, how cool it would be to have a lightsaber and, you yep. know, that kind of very, like, I, I mean, I'm sure like if you think about like King Arthur or something like that mm-hmm. and Excalibur, like, like, you know, little kids have those same kind of dreams about, you know, special sword (laughs) yeah so it's not i don't think it's any any different than that was how i started to to relate to it i think you know closer to junior high high school when i came back to the movies um that it was more you know understanding like the characters um understanding like oh there's a romance scene between han solo and leia and yeah. like what that is and what that means like i never picked up on that sure as a younger kid it was much much later right um i'd i'd say like now i start to identify more with the older characters yeah with, uh you know sir alec guinness's obi-wan yeah more than i would <laughs> um, like Luke, which yeah. is which is a kind of yeah I don't know interesting transformation. I mean maybe that's about parenthood and having to look after someone. Sure. <laughs> myself now. Yeah. Um, I just you know life. You have expectations of life, and you're kind of starting to see things play out the way that they play out. You know. Yeah, isn't just the natural order of how things go you know you kind of who who you who you relate to more of as you know as characters you know um it's kind of a trippy thing to be like oh no i'm not like the luke in this situation i'm more of the Mm -hmm. (laughs) obi-wan thinking more in those terms yeah so did you have a moment where you kind of thought like i relate more to obi-wan like in the original trilogy like did you have like was a revelation or is it just kind of like I don't know. It just kind of happened. and I don't know. I think it just kind of happened. Like yeah. I can't, I don't know. I can't point to one particular sure. time, I think. Yeah. Um, so, and is, I think, yeah, as you experience more in life, you understand things more. And then I'm sure as you rewatch the movies, 
you're like, oh, I kind of get why Obi-Wan said this or did this or, you know, more like that kind of, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or just who you, I don't know, like find yourself, you know, you like, I think with any, any type of media or any type of you mm-hmm. know fictional narrative, you want to, you know, find yourself in one of these characters mm-hmm. and, you know, I'd, I'd say like even among <laughs> my friends in high school, like some of us would like one of my good friends, like really identified with Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, like another one really identified more with Chewbacca <laughs> of all people. <laughs> no one understands me. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And I was probably more like, Oh yeah. Like, like I'm the goody goody Luke, you know, like mm-hmm. I, you know, have more of a, uh, I don't know, an innocence. I can't, I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't imagine myself as Han Solo, but I could definitely imagine myself as Luke Skywalker, you know, sure. uh, growing up in the Midwest, lots of farms around. Oh, I didn't yeah. grow up on a farm. I grew up in a suburb, but like kind of like the humdrum existence yeah. <laughs> of just waiting, waiting for exciting things to happen and go on adventures. Yeah, waiting for someone to come by with droids that you can purchase. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, if that's, you know, on the offering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think your religious upbringing influenced like which character like the fact you related more to Luke if you think of him as like the goody goody and that kind of thing um I don't know I I don't know if how much of that is like my religious upbringing versus just personality sure I guess it's kind of hard to separate those two um I don't know. I, if I had to guess, I'd say like my dad probably more identify with Han Solo because he's like a car guy, mm. and you know the Millennium Falcon, Han Solo's ship, sure is kind of in that mold of like uh, a beat up hot rod that'll go really fast when it works. Yeah, <laughs> I think he, I think he could kind of find himself in that. You know, yeah, w- he could identify more with that character. Yeah, well, and it's like the parts you identify it's like obviously the character has more depth you know i think han solo as the rogue plays by his own rules Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't fit in well with like an evangelical church because he'd be like i know you're saying this but i think you're gonna do it this way (laughs) you know yeah yeah but that was just kind of the thing though is because like because they were all good guys they were all kind of safe sure you know makes sense like they were all ultimately like this team that comes together to beat the big bad empire. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, you could imagine yourself as, you know, a roguish Han Solo, knowing that he's still like the good guy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, right. Even though he does shoot a guy (laughs) under the table. (laughs) If you want to go down that rabbit hole. I was going to say, do you really want to, uh, that's up to go you. there. <laughs> May, well, how about later? We'll say that. For okay. Later. We'll save, Han. we'll save Han shot first for later. Okay. Um, so you kind of meant you've, you know, we've danced around this a little bit. Um, just that the things you've learned from star Wars and the things that you've related to and things like that. Um, but let's specifically go into this. What did star Wars teach you about parenthood, adulthood, being a man? I don't, I mean, I don't know if there's anything like unique to Star Wars that isn't in other stories. 
but it was definitely such a big part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, like it might've, you know, depending on when I grew up, it could have been, you know, C.S. Lewis. It could have been, um, you know, Lord of the Rings. Like it could have been, you know, s- some of these other things. Um, I mean, there is, I've always liked Star Wars in the kind of the underdog stands up to the, you know, the most evil thing you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's, that's always been a story that resonates for me. Like I don't root for sports teams that are, that are good, that are parentally good. Sure. <laughs> like I don't. I don't root for the Yankees. To I mean, win you did, another you did grow series. up a Bulls fan, right? I did grow up a Bulls so, fan. That's true. You know, that's true. One um, exception. With that one exception, that's your devil to the dark side. <laughs> in a, in a way, maybe in a way. I mean, yeah. That's uh, growing up in Illinois, though. I mean, there was there's no other option. There was no other option. It was yeah. such a huge um, cultural thing. Yeah, yeah. The Bulls winning all those championships. Um. That's the best. That's basketball, by the way. I don't think we ever said that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm drawing, drawing an analogy. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've always wanted, um, you know, been more, I- more interested in the stories of, of the, the underdog and, mm-hmm. and the, the upstart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I mean, are you, do you see yourself as that? Is that why you think, or do I, do I? I like to see myself as that sometimes. Sure. <laughs> that's yeah. a that's a more comfortable way yeah. um to see myself as, you know, if I if I compare myself to someone who's doing something better than I am, I can at least say, well, you know, I had this going against me or something sure. like that. But I'll get there, you know. Like yeah. I'll be I'll be dogged and persistent. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess those kind of things. We've uh, talked a little bit before about how humans like to categorize things. We really feel more comfortable as humans if we can put things in a good or bad category. So, oh, for sure. Yeah, so yeah. I think, you know, it, it makes sense that y- a lot of people would choose to be on the good side. Um However, there are people that just want to be on the bad side, too. But I think that's part of the appeal for um, a presentation like that is you know what you're dealing with. Very clear cut. You know who the bad guys are and who the good guys are. And I mean, the music in Star Wars will tell you who the good guys and the bad guys are. (laughs) That's very reassuring for humans to have the color of the lightsabers they use even. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely tell who the hero of the story is and who who the bad guy is, and that I mean, I think that's also appealing to, you know, kids as well. Is not having you know an ambiguity about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's one of it's a it, it Star Wars is a simple story when you kind of strip away. It's like I don't want to say science fantasy or you yeah. know space fantasy space fantasy i think is the best way to say. <laughs> yeah space fantasy kind of outer outer shell it's a pretty simple you know story um mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of kind of the uh, the the over i don't know redemption arc i guess yes 
of Darth Vader, of him becoming, uh, in the end, somebody who does who does good, someone who is you know redeemed um, by his son. Yeah. Oddly enough, I think that's you know not a probably not a unique storyline mm-hmm. by any means, but um, you know something that that definitely was something I I thought about a lot in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to save this for later because one of my favorite things to talk about, but we can we can go into a little bit. But um, I think I don't know. I wouldn't say a criticism of Star Wars. But there's something that I always think about is it is presented as like very binary, right? Yeah, there's These a light, guys, light side of the force, there's right. a dark side of the force, there right. are good guys and bad guys. Right. However, Anakin Skywalker is the example of maybe it's not as binary, you know? I mean like he ultimately yeah. sacrificed himself for his son. And, you know, I don't know how else to say it, like earned his astral form i guess you could say you know at the end he's with obi-wan and yoda right yeah yeah he's he's kind of the only character that doesn't strictly live right and i think honestly he's probably my favorite character okay in all of them because it's not as he kind of like throws a wrench into all of it you know yeah it's not as like clear-cut because here's this guy who I kind of lived in both worlds in some ways. And it's like, is it just like he was good and then he was bad and then he was good at the very, very end? Or is there is there more nuance in there? Is there more gray area? Was there some manipulation, you know, by Palpatine in there? Right place, right time kind of thing. What, you know, whatever. It's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, there's a part of the, you know, one of the things that they did in, in the the prequel trilogy, you know, where you kind of like meet the person who Darth Vader becomes. Yeah. But it's it's kind of also very lots of foreshadowing about you know Anakin's dark journey ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, his his eyes turn red yep. as he turns to the dark side. So there's these very like, you know, and and you start to hear like Darth Vader's theme mm-hmm. in the music. So there's all these musical cues and visual cues of how, how he kind of turns to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, I, I, you know, it is, it is, uh, you know, I think interesting to see how that all plays out, mm-hmm. but also there's just these very like, you know, concrete examples of where you can see like, Oh, okay. Like now he's a bad guy. Sure. Oh, don't get me wrong. He he did some terrible things, and he does right. He does ter- <laughs> terrible things to you know the Sand People. Terrible things to the Jedi. Yep. Could it be a lesson about backstory? Like the more you know about anyone's backstory, the more you may find that they're not as simple as they seem. It absolutely is. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say that. like yeah, the first you know episode, the prequels, episode you know one, two, and three. Are are just more complicated movies, yes. Than episode four, five, and six, yes. Um, sometimes to its detriment, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like I was telling Angela because she said I can't remember what she said about Star Wars, but I was like, she said that her first one she saw was episode one, and I asked her how she felt about it, and she didn't have much of an answer. I'm like, 
Episode one's pretty underrated, I feel like, but it's like you gotta be into it to really appreciate for what it is. Yeah, and I've I've met Star Wars fans that are younger than me that you know were about the same age that I was when I saw episode, you know, four, five, and six. Right. And I think that they feel about one, two, and three the way I feel about four, five, and six. Sure. <laughs> I think it's just something about that impressionable age. Yeah. Where that's where you, you know, kind of lock into and you don't, you know, for you, that like, for you, like he couldn't, you know, there's, I'm, I'm thinking about a specific coworker of mine that I would talk about with Star Wars. We would have Star Wars conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him being younger than me in like, you know, the first three episodes, which to some of, you know, the Star Wars fans of my age are like, oh, they're so boring. Yeah. Or, you know, the dialogue's not good. And like to him, like he can't imagine Star Wars without episode one, two, and three. Hmm. <laughs> it's just, just, yeah. It's just, you know, what, what age do you kind of pick that up? Yeah. You know, there's going to be people who's, you know, s- you know, see s- episode seven, eight, and nine. Yep. And that's going to be like, what what is star wars to them because that's what they saw in theaters Mm -hmm. you know yeah i mean that's why i think it's such an interesting cross-generational topic you know because you have these as a question we'll get into later but you have like these trilogies that are kind of anchor points of history and people's lives you know and so i think if you look at someone like your dad or the person um the older person we're going to interview for the other part of this um series you know, they saw like the original movies come out brand new as adults, you know? Yeah, so like, that's yeah. just, a, that's just an interesting perspective that I can't even begin to fathom. Yeah. And like my, you know, after, you know, after Star Wars came out, there were so many copycats. Yeah. Um, lots of, you know, sci-fi became like a, the hit hip thing in certain parts of the eighties. Um, but to yeah experience that for the first time like nobody had seen you know anything like ep- you know episode 4 when it first came out no one yeah. had seen <laughs> you know I mean, a lightsaber alone uh yeah no one yeah. had seen that before and so it was just you know yeah. like to hear my dad talk about like just how how new and how novel and how like taken aback that he was you know how how mind blown he was after seeing Star Wars for the first time yeah yeah that's really interesting. And you don't know that it's going to be this, you know, when he saw episode four. Do you think oh, he, sure. Yeah. You know? I don't know if he like, did you, yeah. Did he have any inkling that like his grandkids were going to be, you know, right. Wanting star Wars toys for Christmas. Right. Like, I mean, it's just impossible to even be fully engaged to all aspects of the franchise at this point, you know? Right. Yeah. Your I mean, dad is like, watch this movie, and there you go. That's Star Wars. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I'll say as a person who was like that, where I was in probably mid high school when it originally came out, how could you possibly know? Yeah. The yeah. special effects were different because before that, special effects, like the visual might be good, but the sound didn't connect to it. Like they were too, or. Um, there was a very brief visual and then because they just didn't have the technology to sync that all up. Mm -hmm. So it stood out like that. But, and certainly I wasn't a person who was real into movies or pop culture anyway, but it didn't stand out to me as that much different that this will be 
a big thing for all those years. To, I mean, I yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of that's, you know, like a, an example for me is the Harry Potter universe. I can remember when when they came out as books first, but it was not in the United States. I mean, it was released in UK first, pretty sure at least. Um, and so then the movies are coming out and like, you know, I wasn't as engaged as like some people might have been, um, but I would consider myself a fan now. But it's like, you know, there's an entire theme park dedicated to Harry Potter, <laughs> you know? Um, so, like, I just, yeah. I just, when it first comes out, you just have no idea what it could be. And you're like, okay, this is just like a, a thing that's happening. And then it just kind of keeps growing. And next thing you know, now they have a Star Wars theme park, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I mean, is that, you know, take like a franchise like The Hunger Games. Right, like yeah. they had the books and the movies, but I really haven't heard anything yeah. since. No, so no. is that? I don't think they should do a Hunger Games theme park. No, though. that would not be fun. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a good example because I I think the writing in the Harry Potter books is genius, and I tried to read them, but just not into it but yeah. then i do feel like i'm handicapped in some way um having a discussion in pop culture because people make references fairly often to are they what a hufflepuff or yep. what <laughs> yeah. and i don't yeah. i don't know what that is <laughs> um so yeah that's a great point. It's a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's it's a way to bond. You know, like my friends and I would quote Star Wars to each other constantly. Yep. Constantly. I mean, and so, so like if you know if you didn't know those movies or or didn't even you know were <laughs> were so so casual as to not know like the obscure <laughs> quotes <laughs> that we could yeah we could bring out of nowhere because we had just seen them so many times. Yep. Um, or you know, getting into the the you know the expanded universe with oh, the novels. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there wasn't you know there wasn't anything but novels for a really long time. Yeah. Novels and comic books. Yeah. That was like I don't think George Lucas would you know at the time was thinking he's not going to get back to doing any Star Wars stuff. Yeah. As far as like a a movie. So he was just like, well, I'll just let these authors, you know, take yeah. a crack at what happens after mm -hmm. Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was kind of like all we had. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like um, it's for some people that was the appeal is there was so little Star Wars content that anything new you just like treasured, you yeah. know? Yeah. True. Uh, so yeah. for better or worse. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there is, you know, the the whole dark side of fandom of, you know, some some bad behavior by people that think they know everything <laughs> about uh, Star Wars. Yeah, you get into gatekeeping, you know. And yeah, and then every every new bit of media, you know, has to stand up to the, you know, the know-it-alls with their hands crossed in front of their chest. <laughs> You know, saying, no, that's that's not how it would have happened. I would say Star <laughs> Wars is almost, and the reason I kept on kind of pulling it back to faith is it's, in some ways, fans of Star Wars are, in, like, people who are, like, evangelical Christians or these fundamentalists, 
really can match up. Like the overlap is intense. I mean, like you and I were a part of a Facebook interaction. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> well, I think they were talking about, I can't remember what we were talking about. Maybe Ray and like her character being too overpowered. I don't know. There were a couple of them. Yeah. But someone like quoted from, I don't know if it's supposed to be like a Jedi handbook or something. It's like prove a point that everyone else was kind of being like, oh, you know, this is kind of extreme. And they're like, I was involved in this, you know, organization and I was a top level person in it. And so here's this direct quote from the book. So what are you going to do? <laughs> do you remember this? I, I, I don't remember if I was involved with this or if you just told me about it. Maybe I just told you. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah. Of, of people just like, I don't know. Like it's it's a it's a fantasy story. <laughs> like don't <laughs> the way people sort of want to I don't know police the way that the stories are told to to suit their I don't know whatever their idea of it. It's like yeah okay, but like I don't know like don't you understand that like new Star Wars movies are going to come out you know, new, new, new TV movie, new TV shows are going to come out, you know, new novels, like all of that's happening. And like, not all of it is going to be good. Right. <laughs> not all of it is going to be up to your liking. Right. Um, but you know, prior to 1999, like all there was, was three movies. Yeah. <laughs> like that was it. Right. Like that's all we had to go on. And I, I personally would rather have, new artists and new writers and new filmmakers take a crack at it. And, and, you know, within there, there's probably going to be a lot that's good and a lot that's mediocre and some of it's going to be bad. Right. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't know why people think that the, the, fra- the story is so fragile yeah. that it can't withstand, uh, um, um, an inconsistency or, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. Um, um, someone not not making a good movie. Like we just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the fans are too demanding. I'll just say it. Sometimes, like my people. I mean, the, I can say that with love because I, I've been a Star Wars fan all my life. But sometimes, like some people I meet that are also Star Wars fans, I'm like, you just are just too too demanding of <laughs> what's yeah. going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I feel like it's just they're using Star Wars as to fill to fill something you know we don't get have to get too philosophical here but like there's gotta be something that they feel like is missing or or something from their lives and star wars can be something they can control a little bit well that's what i was gonna say if you're a person who's drawn to that concept of very distinct good and evil and drawn to the concept that there's a universe or a planet or someplace somewhere where that can't that rule can happen. Then you may love it so much that you just really can't stand that your perfect story could be debatable. You know, like this is the way I see how I want life to be. And here's a story that goes along with that. And then someone is trying to do a different narrative where it's a little grayer or muddier and I hate gray and muddy. So they've Mm got to be wrong. Mm -hmm. They have to be wrong because if they're right, 
I can't handle it. And like you say, if you're feeling that on edge about a fictional story and you're edgy because you can't handle it, you might need to reassess um, if your perspective might be a little off. But I can see people who love control, they feel frightened by something going off that narrative. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to, I, I just like, I've, I've been really liking The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because, like, I, I can see myself in him. At, like, I, the, the main character, I don't, I didn't really relate to it first mm-hmm. until he kind of became the caretaker of little baby Yoda, a.k.a. the child. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, he became a much more interesting relatable character to Mm -hmm. me (laughs) after he has something someone to take care of um but i i also just didn't liked it because it was um like a short you know trip into the star wars world where you didn't have to like you know strap in for a two and a half hour movie (laughs) it was like okay we're gonna take this quick trip and we're gonna you know be on Tatooine for 45 minutes with a guy in cool armor and, mm-hmm. and a really, you know, cute sidekick and just live in the star Wars universe for a little bit. Like that's all I really want. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, if they try to do a full length movie, that's part of a trilogy and they introduced baby Yoda, like a, you know, young person from Yoda's race, people would just pick that apart. You know, like, how is this possible? Blah, blah. And maybe they did for the Mandalorian, but it seems like most people were just like, we love baby Yoda and he's the greatest. And, you know, and I don't know if it's because it's just like presented as like, you know, here's just, you know, this in between this in between space. No one really talks about. Here's just like an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have to like expand upon the lore or whatever. Yeah, it's just an easy, easier way to get get into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess yeah. there's not a whole lot you need to know. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of callbacks to other Star Wars material mm-hmm. uh, in the Mandalorian. Like, don't get me wrong, but you don't. You it's not something. It's something that's nice to know and not something you have to know. Right. Or they explain it like, mm, I don't know if I want to do any spoilers for season two, so I might I might hold back. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> but there are things that they they in season two that they show you and if you know it you're like oh man i can't believe that and then later they just like plainly tell you what it is right yeah so i appreciate that much let's go back to you i kind of talked about this a little bit or alluded to it a little bit but you know, you have the three different trilogies and they all came out at different eras. And I thought it was, I mean, a, a cool point you made was how you see the original trilogy a certain way and younger coworkers of yours see the prequels a certain way. Yeah. You know, and so it's almost like a representative of like these anchor points in time uh, where you can kind of like think about when those movies were like the ones that were in front of everyone's face or, you know, in the that were most talked about or just the only ones that were out, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, and they can be a reminder of what was going on in your life at the time. So you kind of already talked about the original trilogy. I mean, you don't, 
you didn't see them in theater. You don't really remember seeing them for the first time. Yeah. Well, there was a time uh, I was in, I think I was in like junior high where they were doing like 20th anniversary special editions. I remember those, yeah. Yeah. So you could actually go and see uh, a, an updated version of Star Wars yeah. <laughs> in the theater. Is that when they added the scenes at the end of Return of the Jedi? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they they added um, some of the they they did some like updates to the special effects. Yeah. You know they had this is you know like some of the earliest CGI like post Jurassic Park but right. but like pre Phantom Menace CGI. Sure. Um, like Toy Story. Yeah. That yeah. Was like ninety five. <laughs> yeah. They well they yeah they were trying to like you know, update some of the things for, for the 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And so that became a whole controversy of, you know, some people being like, Oh, don't touch the original star Wars. Oh, we man. need to keep it in its safe glass bubble. Um, and then I actually <laughs> went down the Wikipedia rabbit hole. That's a good place about, to go. <laughs> about, um, about the whole Han shot first thing. Are we going to oh, do yeah. that? Let's do it. Okay. So, um, yeah, for the 20th anniversary editions, George Lucas wants to rewrite a scene in which Han Solo shoots a bounty hunter that was going to capture him and or kill him under the table. And he... Greedo. Yes, Greedo's the bounty hunter. He's a blue-looking alien. Mm-hmm. Um, it, on at, at some point, I think I... So in, a, in an interview, George Lucas says... I wanted Han Solo to be like John Wayne and John Wayne wouldn't shoot first mm-hmm. in that situation um, or, or in any situation he wants, you know, cause he wants Han, he thinks of Han as a good guy mm-hmm. as a John, John Wayne type figure. And so he, he, he thinks that he says when I first shot it, it's ambiguous as to whether who shoots first. And then you find out from, the guy who was actually in the Greedo suit, so mm-hmm. the the guy playing the alien that Han Solo shoots, he brings out his original script, and it's very clear in the original script that that Han was supposed to shoot first, right, and that that Greedo the bounty hunter wasn't gonna shoot at all, um, and so what I think happened, and this is just my own idea, is that there was enough time between the first movie and when he went to go remake it with his, you know, better CGI, better graphics that George Lucas had a change of heart. I think he had kids now. Mm. And so his taste for that kind of violence lessened, which is something I can totally relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when Garrison was first born, it was like, there are certain shows now that I just don't want to watch Yeah, based on, you know, their violence, even if he's not sitting there, I just, you know, have more of a sensitivity to that. And I could see if I was, you know, going to be remaking a movie and I thought that it was too violent from myself, I would maybe like trick myself into thinking that this is the way I had planned it all along Mm -hmm. when really he's just a different person now, Mm -hmm. you know, he just thinking about violence differently. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, well, I, you know, I, I want to make sure that I, you know, know people know that Han Solo is the good guy. And so I'm going to make Greedo shoot first and use the CGI to kind of fix it. And it, it doesn't look quite 
quite right to mm-hmm. me in mm-hmm. in the special edition. But I think it's just George Lucas is, has kind of used used a selective memory to uh, mm-hmm. to to make him think like, oh, well, that's the way I always meant to do it. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's my that's my hypothesis. And I think uh, I think that's true combined with the fact that the characters. I mean, that was episode four. So, I mean, you make five and six, the characters get fleshed out more. People write books. You just reflect more on it. And, like, who Han Solo is gets kind of revealed more and more over time. I'm sure part of him is like, does that, him shooting first, does that really match up with who he is? You know? So it's kind of, you know, like when you first make the first movie, it's the same. I think people make a similar argument to, like, how did Darth Vader not know that Leia was his daughter when he was, like, next to her? You know, how do you not sense something, you know? Um, But I think it's one of those things where did he know that that's where they were going to go with it when they first made it, you know? And, like, as time progressed, it's like, okay, this is more of what is going to happen. And so when you look back at the original, it doesn't quite match up, but it's like, you know, they made the first one, maybe not knowing they're going to make three. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think anybody expected, like, a a sci-fi movie that with a, you know, orchestral score to do much in 1977 right (laughs) i think if you look at other movies from that era like disco was was you know (laughs) kind of like gonna be what star wars yeah i mean they they you know (laughs) at some it i mean it seems silly now but that was like the hot thing going yeah um it was to have you know uh, a Saturday night, Saturday night fever type soundtrack. Yeah. And, um, and I think George Lucas look, you know, saw that and went, went a different way completely. Sure. Um, but yeah, like just to, you know, I guess there's just danger in revisiting <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these characters. And I, I think, you know, there is, you know, a certain argument to be made that like, well, that's part of Han Solo's character arc mm-hmm. is that he starts out as, you know, a very selfish, mercenary type person who's just kind of out to to you know for himself Mm -hmm. and and it's not gonna you know take risks on behalf of others so that's what he becomes surprise at the end of Mm -hmm. the first movie yeah so if you if you remove that he shoots first does that like kind of damage his his story arc in the first movie i don't know i mean they they made the han solo um movie like solo a little more backstory. So, like, if we watch that movie, does it line up with him to eventually shoot Greedo first? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Either. I don't know. I mean, that was yeah, yeah. yeah. So I it's, don't know, but but I think that's also why I appreciate scenes like that and people like Anakin Skywalker who kind of bring some gray area to the often like just good evil light dark vibe of star wars you know yeah some of the some of the the deeper uh yeah, yeah complexity space, complexity yeah, yeah. you know because it's because even then if you we're getting super nerdy here yes. uh if you get into <laughs> the prequels it. what i like about the prequels is like you know maybe the jedi were a little a little wrong you know to like what pushed anakin to the dark side was like you can't love anyone you can't get married, you know, like him being with Padme was like considered wrong. Yeah. Right. And it's the Jedi code. Right. And we know that that's just ridiculous. Is it not? 
it is. Is it? Is it? It is. Like, I mean, like, it is. I mean, there have always been, uh, I don't know, you know, probably for, for thousands of years, certain religious orders that say you can't do that. Sure. I I don't know what to say about that. You know, do we? Is it, you know, is it bad that priests in the Catholic Church don't get married? You know, is it? Hasn't has not been that great. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you you could definitely some bad things happening there. You know, if you know, monks in in Eastern religions, I think often have some kind of celibacy vow. Sure, Uh, I'm not 100 percent on that, but. You know, it's 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 it, not it is a thing. It's a thing in a, in the world that exists. Sure. Um, so I I can't you know speak to all of the world religions. Right. But I guess I guess my ultimate point is you can't just say the Jedi are just plainly good, and yes. anything they do is plainly good. Yes. And so like you can look at some of the restrictions they have on being a Jedi, and it's like. It's not that's sure that's fine if you want to live your life that way, but to say like that is good, it's just not. I think that's yeah. a, that'd be off base, you know. So that's what I appreciate about the prequels is they're like, you know, what drove Anakin to this necessarily. So, but then they would argue that because he loved someone, you know, and then his desire to bring them back, bring her back to life or save her, I guess you could say, was, you know part of what allowed the uh, emperor to get his or future emperor to get his uh, influence in there. So, well, I think um, I have one final question. If you were to introduce someone to the star Wars universe, where would you begin? If I were going to do it, I would have to start with, um, yeah, episode four, A New Hope. And I would say that if you can... <laughs> the, the the problem with showing people the, the original movies is that there is that, like... Some people just can't, you know, put up with the 70s, late 70s styling. Sure. They can't put up with, you know, the hair and the graphics aren't as good. So, like, I think if you if you watch that movie and still want to watch them, um, then (laughs) you'll, you'll, you're, it's like, it's like, that's kind of the entryway. What was the entryway for me? I guess. And I, I, you know, what's core to my (laughs) star Wars experience is that, is that first movie is that episode four. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a guy on the internet who, who has a, a certain order in which he thinks he should, you should watch them. Yeah. I've, (laughs) I've, I think I've done that before. Yeah, the machete order. Yes, it machete order. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. and and there, we actually did that with one person, um, somebody I knew um, back when we were uh, living in West Lafayette. Who, um, it was a a couple friend of ours, married couple, where he was a Star Wars fan and she had not seen any of the movies. Mm-hmm. So we went with them in in that order. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, it's not too, but it's not too crazy, right? Isn't it like four and five, and it's then and then one, two, three, and then six? Y- yeah, and and one is optional. Mm. Actually, you don't even have to watch one yeah. <laughs> episode one. I honestly <laughs> can support that, even though I think, like I said before, one is underrated. But 
<laughs> yeah. I think the thing about one is like it's a good so you know like um Darth Maul shows up but they yes. don't know they can't even begin to imagine that it's a Sith. You know like the Jedi are just like oh Sith been extinct for like years and years and hundreds of years or whatever. It took them like almost to the end of the movie to realize it was like a Sith lord. Yeah. And so I think that's what's interesting about the first one is to see like you get a little bit of um revelation into like just how much the Jedi have gotten in their own way, I think. But uh people don't find my perspectives very uh popular. <laughs> <laughs> the I mean the like episode one is fine. I in I guess in the way that like some people just can't get over the seventies hair in in the original trilogy. Like I can't get over some of the dialogue yeah. <laughs> in in episodes one, two, and three. Yeah. Oh um, I'm totally with you. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. If you can kind of sort your way through that and see what's there. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. It, and part of it is just like, yeah, you're you know, if you are a young child when you see those movies, like I guess, you know, it doesn't seem to matter as much. <laughs> yeah. Cause the special effects are really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for being here to talk about Star Wars. Yeah, no problem. Thanks too. <laughs> Kids These Days is a project of Grace United Methodist Church in Franklin, Indiana. The contributors are Angela Ritchie, Kim Charles, and Jake Brooks. The song you're hearing right now and at the beginning of the episode is Enemy Love by John Mark McMillan. If you'd like to connect with us or have a story you think should be shared, send us an email at stories at franklingrace.org. Thank you for listening.